Welcome to the Today is the Day podcast, where we take a deep dive into popular health topics and empower you to make informed, evidence-based decisions. We offer practical tools and strategies so you can easily integrate what you learn into your everyday habits. And today is the day we're taking a look at the power of the immune system in a way that you've never heard before. It's all about to make so much sense. We'll be covering what is the immune system and where is it actually located on the body? Factors that impair the immune system, how the immune system is intended to work to fight infection and prevent disease, how to support an optimally functioning immune system, and what you can do today to support your immune system. I felt like that intro, Josh, could have been a drinking game every time you mentioned the words immune system. But of course, we'd be drinking like an immune modulating Rishi tea or something. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Megan Talbner, a nutritionist, two-time best-selling author and founder of the Academy of Culinary Nutrition. Joining me as always is the man who helps strengthen my immune system, Josh Gatalis. Hi, everyone. I'm a clinical nutritionist and functional medicine practitioner with a clinic in downtown Toronto. I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Certification Program and an instructor with the Academy of Culinary Nutrition. I feel a bit like this topic is everywhere right now as we are recording this amid the coronavirus pandemic. However, the crisis of our immune health is nothing new. And I'm really excited to be diving into this topic today because I think it's gonna help our listeners feel really, really empowered with actionable steps they can take to improve their health, improve their resilience, and most of all, improve their outlook on the trajectory of where this is headed. Absolutely, Megan. We're all watching the news right now, and we see that these health professionals talk about the virus and continuously offer only two solutions to resolving it, drugs and vaccines. What is not being mentioned is our body's own inherent ability to heal and recover, and that work comes down to the immune system. The immune system is a unique network in the body that, for many, can be very abstract. Josh, can you start us off by explaining what the immune system actually is and where it is located in the body? When we look at the immune system, there's so many different pieces to it, but I want to simplify it down for everyone to understand. There's first an innate immune system, or what's also called as a nonspecific. So it really doesn't matter what's invading you. This innate immune system can help protect you. And it starts with the mechanical barriers that we have in our body, like our skin, our little cilia, on our, mu our mucous membranes, the ways that we can actually stop something from coming into the body, right? So that's kind of step one. And then if something makes it into the body, we have certain cells that can go and kill it, even if they've never seen it before, like phagocytes and natural killer cells that seek and destroy these things. And when they recognize it's not Josh or it's not Megan or it's not the person, they kill it. So the body has built into it the functionality and the tools needed to protect us from these foreign invaders. Absolutely. And it's very strong in the young right? So because, children, you mean, are more resilient. Right. And because they, they haven't seen a lot of viruses. So nature has, or bacteria. So nature has put into this program to have a really strong innate immunity. And that's one of the theories behind why COVID-19 
doesn't affect young people as seriously. Or that, I mean, anyone who has kids knows that once they go to daycare or Montessori or preschool, they get sick a lot in the first couple months or potentially the full year. But optimally, that child gets sick and then will recover really quickly as their immune system is in major development. Yeah, that's an education. You can almost think about the immune system as being educated throughout our life. And just as a side note, Megan, kids experience fevers a lot. Right. And fever is actually a really important response of the immune system to help ramp up that immune response. And we don't want to suppress it unless, of course, it gets really, really high. There are definitely times we want to suppress it. But for the most part, if it's within a a healthy range, we want it to do its job. So we're going to um, talk more about how we support the immune system, but you just remind me of something and I'm afraid I'll forget it by the time we get there, but that's one of the benefits to saunas. Josh talked about the fever. So even in adults, I mean, I I don't know if I'd put a child in, in a sauna for an extended period of time, but in adults, if you ever feel like you're getting, coming down with something, getting into that sauna basically simulates a fever, gives you that hyperthermic reaction, elevates your internal body temperature, which will in theory and in practice, help to kill off that virus. Right. It's a a great example of a little bit is good, but too much isn't good. Because that heat increase activates a lot of enzymes to work faster. But if you go too high, it could actually denature them and cause serious problems, which we know. So the other part of the immune system is the adaptive immune system. And this is where we actually develop a memory over time. It's a little bit longer in terms of its ability to develop. And we make memories to certain things. That's why you can't get sick from the exact same flu virus two times, right? You develop antibodies and then you won't get sick from that flu. But the problem with flu is that the virus continuously mutates. So you would develop immunity to one and next year it's it's a different strain of flu. Exactly. What a lot of people actually don't know is that there's multiple coronaviruses that have come across our table and uh, many of them haven't even caused serious symptoms. We just built immunity to it and then that's it. We move on. So in a healthy body, and let's be clear that young is not the same as healthy. Young is an age and health is something we work on constantly. But in a healthy body, the immune system works optimally where you get sick. And, and even if you do have a have healthy, strong immune function, you still could get sick. But optimally, what happens is you get sick, you rest for a few days, your immune system ramps up its defenses you feel better, you recover, and you get on with your life. Exactly. From an evolutionary perspective, we just don't want to die from the sickness. So if we make it through, we've got stronger, we've dealt with the sickness, and it shows that our immune system has done its job. Unfortunately, however, there is a lot in our world right now that is dramatically impairing and inhibiting the optimal function of the immune system. And if you have not yet, when you're done listening to this, you definitely want to listen to our autoimmune episode where we get into some of these factors in more detail and in different ways. And these two episodes go very well together. That's episode four. So some of the factors that impair our immune function, and this one is, the first one we're going to talk about is paramount right now, which is stress. When you are under stress, your body goes into that fight or flight response where the focus is not on all your internal systems working optimally. It is on you being able to run as fast as you can from the tiger. 
And the immune system will ramp up in the short term, but it's the chronic stress that really creates the problem. So if you are running away from that tiger, you want the immune system to ramp up in case you get cut or trip or hurt. But if that tiger keeps on chasing you day after day, year after year, that stress becomes chronic and that affects multiple systems. And we get into a state of catabolism rather than anabolism, breaking down, right? right? Instead of recovery. So one of the things that's concerned me a lot during this pandemic and in the month to two months to however long we were restricted and just being inundated with messages of fear in the news is that that stress is becoming a chronic state, which is having an impact on our immune function. So something I keep thinking about is if I were to get sick right now, am I at an optimal state to recover? And for many of us, given the circumstances, we're simply not. And that's something to keep in mind, which is why stress processing activities are so, so important. And a lot of those stress processing activities are the very same things that support optimal immune health. And we'll get to that in a minute. Another issue that impairs immune function is a lack of proper sleep and rest. For sure. Sleep is probably the most important thing for the immune system. It's when we recover. We've done a whole podcast on sleep. It's when we release certain hormones that help to boost our immune system, to help us kill off certain bacteria, to help us kill off viruses. I think most people understand that when they're sick, the body actually has certain mechanisms in place to force you to rest and sleep. Yeah. Right? You can get so weak with an influenza virus, you just like are in bed flat for a week. And that forces the immune system to allow it to recover. I just want to pause for a sec and give an analogy of what the immune system is so we can think about this throughout the whole rest of the podcast. It's the law enforcement agents of your body. Right. So if you think about a law enforcement agency in a city, if they're under stress all the time, like they're constantly being bombarded, that wears down the system. If they don't get enough sleep, they can't respond as well to it. And it's the same with our body. And we can continue with this analogy as we go along here. But we have these different soldiers, they, they have different names, you know, we have the border police, we have the, you know, highway patrol, we have the neighborhood patrol, we have the guys who give tickets for parking in the wrong spot. There's all these different segments, but they work together to keep an orderly uh, situation in the body. Right. And so that sleep is so fundamental to our resilience, to waking up and being able to function. And when you feel run down, that's the time to get the rest, not once you're actually sick. That feeling of being just tired all the time and feeling run down, that's the warning signal that you know, your body's overworking and you really need to listen to that. And I'm hoping maybe that with everything going on right now, it's teaching us that better to rest now and stay well than rest for a longer period of time or potentially deal with complications from this virus. Now, the next one is malnutrition and nutrient deficiencies. So we've covered stress, sleep, and food. Those are the basics. And that is something that we really need to give so much attention to because what we eat directly impacts the resources we have available in our body to keep us optimally well. And we can get into specific nutrients like vitamin C-rich foods and immune-modulating foods, and we, we will get there. But as far as malnutrition goes, what we want to avoid are the foods that are nutrient deficient or what we might call anti-nutrients. Those are things with highly 
processed refined flours, sugars, genetically modified organisms, chemical agriculture that's loaded with pesticides and herbicides and other chemicals, all of that stuff depletes our body's resilience and impairs the immune system's ability to optimally function. Just a simple example on the chemical side of things that came to me is that our immune cells need good energy. Yeah. Our energy comes from our, the mitochondria in those cells. And all those things you just mentioned, all those chemicals like pesticides are what are called mitochondrial toxins. So they literally impair the energy making mechanism in every one of your cells. Right. And it, it, you know, when you put it that way, it's not just about the food we're eating. If we want to extend this to the chemicals, it's also what we're using to clean our house with disinfectants, which have been highly recommended. And they definitely could serve a purpose right now. They also have a cost to them. There's a cost to using them. And so with everything, it's sort of, you know, weighing the risk and reward and making the decision that feels best for you and your home, your circumstance. Let's move on to something that really degrades your immunity quickly and effectively. It takes out those law enforcement agents. I like how you say quickly and effectively. Like if you want to deplete your immune system, consume lots of sugar and alcohol. There you go. We know that a teaspoon of sugar impairs the immune system by up to five hours. Wow. I did not know that fun fact. It's not so fun for those who are eating it. (laughs) So think about someone having breakfast, like say they're having their glass of orange juice, which is really just a cup of sugar if it's not fresh. Uh, Say they're having their frosted flakes with skim milk. That's a lot of sugar. And then it's impaired for five hours. Then at lunch, they have maybe a a chocolate bar after their lunch, another five hours of immune suppression. And then at dinner, they have another dessert. That's 15 hours in a 24-hour period, you're guaranteed immune suppression. How many teaspoons of sugar was that? One teaspoon. One teaspoon. So I've been working on a cinnamon bun recipe. I think it will be up by the time this episode goes live, if not shortly thereafter. But I looked up Cinnabons, you know, those... I do. (laughs) Everyone knows a Cinnabon because they are now in, I think, like, I don't know, it was 48 countries. But do you know how much sugar is in one of those? I'm going to take a guess. Uh, Eight teaspoons. Five teaspoons. Whoa. Five teaspoons. So is that that immune system impairment, is it multiplied? So one teaspoon is five hours. (laughs) Five teaspoons would be 25 hours. I don't think it quite works that way. You can also listen to our blood sugar episode to find out the impact of the sugar. And then alcohol, which is basically a sugar in, in many cases, but alcohol also impairs sleep. For sure. So those work together. Yeah. I mean, these things are multifactorial and how they affect the body. We're kind of just picking on certain things. Sleep is a great association with alcohol. And alcohol affects the inflammation cycle in the body as well. It does increase inflammation. It's a toxin. Ethanol is an alcohol, which is a toxin to the liver and the body. And it's also an antimicrobial. Right. We use alcohol to sterilize. And 70% of our immune system is in our gut. We have bacteria that help keep that healthy. And when, when you throw alcohol down there, it's just wiping out the uh, population. What's interesting as we're talking about this is I feel like we have the same villainous culprits on every single episode when we're talking about autoimmunity, when we're talking about inflammation, when we're talking about weight gain in our weight episode, when we talk about blood sugar imbalances, it's all the same stuff. So as we come to the near end of our second season, it might sound like we're on repeat because 
Optimal health is absolutely not complicated, which is the whole reason why we're doing this podcast. It's the same principles over and over again, and they affect different systems in the body positively or negatively. So the next one we want to talk about in terms of factors that impair the immune system is both over-exercising and also not exercising. So over-exercising is a major stressor on the body. It causes what's called oxidative stress. We bring more oxygen into the body. Our body can only handle so much of that. And it puts an extra strain on all of our cells. We were never really meant to run for hours on end. Running was an important action to get away from a threat. And it would happen fast or we would die, but we survived more than we didn't. That's why we're here today. So it does create a a pretty strong stress response. And then on the flip side, not exercising at all, just, you know, use it or lose it. So we often joke, Josh and I, because we both work out. And then every so often there's these days where we both kind of hurt a little bit all over. We're like, we should just sit on the couch and then we wouldn't have to deal with this. But the problem when you're stagnant is everything in your body becomes stagnant. So we have our the blood runs through our veins and it moves by the beating of our heart. Our heart pumps the blood through our body. But we also have a lymphatic system that runs basically pathways alongside our bloodstream and our veins and arteries that does not have a pump. And that lymphatic system is a big part of how we remove waste from our body, how we move through what the body dumps and, and eliminate it that lymphatic system does not have the pump. And the pump to that is our activity. It's walking. It's doing like a sun salutation. It's rebounding. It's doing any kind of basic movement. And we need that movement to happen to move our organs around, to move that lymph around, to get that movement happening to activate the lymphatic drainage process, which is a very important part to immune function. We don't want all that stuff gunking up the system. Going back to our law enforcement agent analogy, it's like not changing the shift, right? Like it's not changing the officers. Yeah, they will be like the same ones all the time and they're going to lose their vigilance. Here's where we take a little pause in our conversation so you can meet one of our incredible culinary nutrition experts, Teresa Dayulas. Teresa has been a standout support in our alumni community and is also one of our incredible program coaches. After Teresa graduated, her daughter Macy followed suit and at the time was our youngest student to date. We've since welcomed in students as young as 16. Teresa is an incredible example of the wide applications of our program. Here is Teresa to share a little bit about how she's applying what she learned. My name is Teresa Diolis and I live in Seabrook, Texas near Houston. I graduated in 2014. I use my culinary nutrition skills in a few ways. I help moms with prediabetes plan and prepare delicious meals for their families by teaching them recipes, skills, and tips. These are ones that I use myself at home, learned from a lifetime of cooking, and further refined by what I learned through the CNE program, such as menu planning, research skills, and nutrition knowledge. I've also been a recipe tester for several cookbooks. And as an avid cookbook collector, I consider myself a cookbook concierge for my clients offering recommendations and suggestions for ones that I think would be beneficial or of interest to them. It also gives me a great excuse to keep buying cookbooks. (laughs) I offer cooking classes locally to adults, teens, and kids. And through my website and on Instagram, I provide eBooks, demonstrations of recipes, also appliances sometimes, aiming to save time, energy, and sometimes money here and there, serving as a great resource for people to refer back to if needed. As a daughter of an educator, I grew up with the philosophy of absorbing and sharing knowledge 
And I hope by sharing skills and recipes to help other people flourish independently in their own kitchens to promote greater health. As the old saying says, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day, teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. It is graduates like Teresa that have led the way in setting a tone of openness, support, and generosity that forms the backbone of the culinary nutrition expert alumni community. The connection is so strong that our grads often refer to themselves as a tribe. Learn more about Teresa's classes and programs in our show notes. Visit culinarynutrition.com forward slash podcast and choose this episode for links to everything she offers. Registration is now open for our September program and perhaps Teresa will be your program coach if you join us. All of our certified level students are assigned a dedicated program coach. You go through the program together with your class and the level of accountability and support you have ensures your success. Join us and experience the power of this connected community. Visit culinarynutrition.com forward slash program to learn more. Now let's get back to our conversation. Just to recap, the factors that will impair immune function are things like chronic stress, sleep deprivation, lack of sleep and rest, malnutrition, nutrient deficiencies, anti-nutrient foods, sugar and alcohol directly will have that impact, and over-exercising or not exercising enough will all impair immune function. Now, in a healthy body, Josh, how does the immune system work? What are we looking for it to do? Well, I think a lot of people don't realize that part of the immune response is actually causing inflammation. This is a good thing. When I cut myself, I want that inflammation to happen because it calls new cells to the area. It calls the repair process. It calls the process of resolution to happen. Now with something like the coronavirus or COVID-19, this new one, part of what gets rid of it is a massive inflammatory response, which we want. However, a little is good, too much is bad. So if we have a baseline of inflammation above where we want to be, when that inflammatory response occurs, it's too much of a response, like blowing out a birthday candle with a fire extinguisher. That's an overreaction. So by doing everything we're talking about, that puts the body in a good inflammatory level. We're not overinflamed. And when we do have to amount that response, we use certain chemicals to deal with the virus and it's the right amount. These are called cytokines, which is sometimes I'm sure people have heard in the news, the cytokine storm. I don't know why in the news they kept keep referring to it as a so-called cytokine storm. Is that what they say? Yeah, every time. Interesting. Everyone's reading the same press release. Yeah, yeah. So we want that response. We just don't want it too much and we want to, you know, therefore have a good baseline of inflammation. So what Josh has just explained is the reason why so many people who are dealing with complications from this virus have what they call comorbidities or other pre-existing conditions like diabetes and heart disease, which are essentially conditions of chronic inflammation in the body. So they're already dealing with a massive amount of systemic inflammation and then adding this to it, and the body just doesn't have the capacity to restore, rebalance, get that law enforcement working optimally. Right now we're in 2020, right? That's right. And we're talking about this COVID-19. Year to remember. But the information here is going to be relevant in 20 years when you're reviewing our our podcast series. You might say- Because it's going to be that important. You might say hindsight is 2020. Yeah, we, you know- 
it's good let, stuff. Let like, this be the reminder. Yeah, let this be the moment you realize how important immunity was because the human body is is nature. It hasn't changed in thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And it's just the context that changes, right? The virus that changes, the bacteria that changes, but the way it works is is foundational no matter what. Let's get to empowering our listeners. Here is how you can support your optimal immune function so that you can feel like you can do something. You can do something to improve the outcome. We'll start with proper nutrition, or what we like to call culinary nutrition, which is cooking with real whole food ingredients. It's sticking to that perimeter. It's not being fooled by the labels, which we have an episode on that. It's looking at how you can make most of your meals from scratch in your own home kitchen. And if you follow just that guidance, you're going to be a thousand steps ahead than, you know, even if you're getting, quote, healthy food from restaurants and stuff, whatever you can create in your own kitchen with unprocessed ingredients is the main thing. That's 90% of it. Um, And you'll be getting it, assuming you're buying a variety of different fruits and vegetables and whole grains if you eat them and nuts and seeds and, you know, the different unprocessed foods and keeping that variety going. I wouldn't even say that's half the battle. That's that's more than half the battle because that is what will fuel the cells of your body. Now, Megan, your videos for your course are so vibrant and colorful. I know. Like, I love watching them. Oh, you mean for the Culinary Nutrition Expert Program? Exactly. and Where big... registration is now open? Yes, that yeah. one. Oh, that one. And one of the great things that you bring to the table, literally, is a variety of fruits and vegetables and foods that have all those different colors. What we have to understand is those colors protect those foods in nature. They are those foods' immune system. And the beautiful way on, on how Mother Nature works is when we eat those, they protect our immune system. So, you know, just an easy hack, everyone's into hacking to make things easier, is just eat the colors of the rainbow and your immune system's gonna be very happy. Here's a good hack, eat vegetables. <laughs> that? Wait, so potatoes, white potatoes and ketchup? Ketchup's got well, we make, well, tomatoes. I make amazing French fries mm-hmm. with organic potatoes, peel on, toss them in a little avocado oil, sea salt and arrowroot starch, bake them and I serve them up with my homemade ketchup. Mm. And the recipe for that ketchup, I think is actually, there's one on my blog for that ketchup. So so good. if you want French fries, that's the way to do them, not from the drive through window. And have those once in a while as a treat. There's nothing wrong with that. But that is not the main vegetable to be eating that I was referring to. We got a smarty pants sitting next <laughs> to me here. But heirloom potatoes. There's lots of good, amazing potatoes out there, but we're not going to get into that. Yeah, because you can do the exact same recipe with sweet potatoes. And Mm -hmm. the key to crispy sweet potatoes is just to space them out in your pan. Otherwise, they steam instead of bake and they get mushy. Okay, rest. We did talk a lot about rest and sleep already. But as a reminder, you need to sleep. Optimally, eight hours of sleep a night is to maintain your health. You need more rest than that in a 24-hour period to regain your health. So keep that in mind. And, you know, optimal rest does vary for different people and different age brackets. But if you use that eight hours, meaning that you shut your lights out, close your eyes, and do not open them optimally for eight hours, that's the sleep. It's not getting into bed and then being on your phone for an hour and a half before you go to sleep, because that's a whole other issue, which we talked about in our sleep episode. So getting that rest and sleep. The next one is one of my favorite ways to support optimal immune health. What is it, Josh? 
Now, I think we actually need to consider this as a nutrient. Ooh. It's got to move into that category sometime soon. Vitamin S? Vitamin sun. Yeah, the sun is incredibly healing. One of the cool effects of it is it actually increases nitric oxide in the blood, which causes vasodilation, increases blood flow around the body. So to get these immune cells around the body is really important and increasing blood flow and blood perfusion to all of our tissues is really important. Right. So and this is, we're talking sunlight, sunlight on the body. on the skin. And in the eyes. And the other benefit, of course, is vitamin D, which right. is critical for every part of the immune system. If, you have, if you're deficient in vitamin D, you can't even make certain chemicals that kill off certain bacteria and viruses. Now, I am not recommending you cover yourself in carrot oil or baby <laughs> oil and lie out in a sun lounger with one of those reflective things till you look like Magda from Something About Mary. That is not what we're saying. It's about getting early sunshine in the early day sunshine exposure, late in the day sun exposure. You don't want to be burning your skin. That is not beneficial. But that sunshine, you know it's good for you because it feels so good when the sun is out and, you know, it's springtime here and you get these patches of sunshine and you just want to like gaze up at the sun. It just makes you feel so good. And the other important part, and we do talk about this again in our sleep episode, is that full spectrum rays into your eyeballs in the morning uh, towards the end of the day. It helps set your serotonin melatonin cycle so you know when to be awake and your body knows when it's time to rest when it gets dark. I'm looking at you talk about the sunshine and your face is like a ray of light. It's just, it's just lightening up. Sunshine is my pure <laughs> medicine. Like, like this is going to sound so cliche and cheesy, but a fresh pressed green juice, chilled, sipping it in the sunshine. Ugh, elixir of life right there mm. for, for me, at least. And movement is another one. So we talked about lack of movement or over-exercising, but there's also something to be said for optimal movement, gentle exercise, exercise that pushes yourself a little bit, but gives you time to recover. Definitely, you know, to keep that circulation, to, to, to be the antidote for that stagnation and to get those, you know, soldiers of your immune system changing their shifts. The next one is one of your nutrients. Nature. Nature. Oh, we now have vitamin S, vitamin N. But I believe we all have these innate needs. Yeah. It's just sometimes we get detached from them, living in cities, living indoors, but all of our bodies are built the same and we all have this connection that we need. Nature being a really important one, we get all sorts of what are called aerosols from the trees, from the plants, from the flowers, from all of the living organisms in a natural environment that feed and boost the immune system and our nervous system and many different systems in our body that are associated with good health. And so we've covered nutrition, rest, sunlight, movement, nature. How about love and joy and gratitude? There's been studies that show writing love notes supports your immune function. Absolutely. The expression of love, receiving love, that's a human requirement for optimal health. We know this in babies. When babies are unwell and they can have skin-to-skin -skin contact, they recover more quickly or they can die without it. Well, the HeartMath Institute has done a ton of research on emotions and what that actually does to our brainwaves and our heartbeat. Uh, and it's just fascinating what they've discovered and how 
you're connected to the person close to you. You're connected to your emotions on a physical, emotional, and cellular level. You know, Candace Pert used to call these the molecules of emotion. Well, I say used to because she's since passed away. But in her book, she talked about these peptides that are released when we have certain emotions. So gratitude, joy, love are all going to make these important peptides that actually boost the immune system. And as a direct benefit, they also lower cortisol levels or that chronic stress. So it has sort of a, a double function. On the same lines of the mental emotional is having a purpose in life, a reason to wake up, something you're passionate about, something that you love to do on a daily basis. Yeah, I think this is one of the biggest risks to what's happening right now with with stay-at-home requirements and so many people not able to work or having lost their jobs is waking up in the morning and like you said, like, this is what I got to do. I have to serve people in this way. I have to create in this way. I I have a purpose. I have a function in this life today that requires me to to get up and get out. And so having that purpose and and serving on that purpose is is really important and we know that you know your your grandfather who passed away about a year ago at 99 and a half and 99 and a half we'd had brunch with him like a few months before he passed away and he said I'm sorry but I have to get home I have work to do. And we both both were like, okay, Zadie, we'll we'll take you home. And we're like, what possibly could be the work he so urgently has to do at 99 and a half? (laughs) But having that purpose is what kept him vital and going until literally like his his last days. For sure. Finally, physical contact. We know creates all sorts of chemicals. Might be a bit difficult in these times, but these times aren't going to last forever. And we know that hormones like oxytocin are released when we hug someone, when we pet an animal, when we even see pictures of those things, right? It actually has a, a bodily effect and releases chemicals like oxytocin, which is also really good for the immune system. So, you know, hug your loved ones a little bit more than you usually do. And all of these things we've just listed, eating well, getting rest, sunlight, movement, nature, love, joy, gratitude, the finding your purpose could be challenging for some people right now, but even just a to-do list that you set up for yourself the next day can give you a little bit of that structure and that need to sort of feel like you're checking something off, like you've done something. And I don't mean, you know, go all in productivity and invent a new hobby. And, you know, it's, it's not about going overboard right now. It's finding that way to get through your day. And wherever possible, having some physical contact. And these are all things that boost the immune function that are not being discussed. And it is within our ability to do them. And I would say it's our responsibility to also do that so that we can feel and live in the strongest body we can because this virus is not the first one we've encountered. It will not be the last one we encounter they do seem to be getting more virulent as time goes on, as our environment is becoming more negatively impacted by our lifestyle habits. So what can we do as a human species to increase our immune function, our overall resilience? And all of these things are fundamental since the beginning of time for humans to support our health and keep us having longevity. You have a saying about years, adding health and years. Say that one. I like that one. We don't want to add years to our life. We want to add life to our years. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of culinary nutrition tips for optimal immune function. 
How about some vitamin C-rich foods? How does vitamin C work in the body? Well, our lymphocytes, for example, have 50 to 100 times the amount of vitamin C that's in our bloodstream or in our plasma. So they are huge users of this and need large amounts in order to amount an immune response. There's lots of great foods that have high vitamin C, like cucumbers. Cucumbers, red pepper. Red peppers. Sauerkraut. We're going to get into sauerkraut in a minute, but cucumbers, like slice some cucumber, sprinkle some salt on that. Mm. That is a delicious, crunch-erific snack. Juice that cucumber. One thing about cucumbers, once you start slicing it, the vitamin C level slowly depletes. So you want to eat it fresh. You can also make, and I think this recipe is actually my cookbook, but a cucumber sprout tabbouleh where you chop up cucumber, put in some sprouts, some chopped tomatoes, maybe a light tahini lemon dressing and have that as a side dish with your meal. So get in those cucumbers. Oh, add parsley to that too, because parsley is a powerful detoxifier. And, and add red pepper as well. So we know that the citrus all has vitamin C, but these are some extra to add into the diet. What about immune modulating foods? We love the mushroom world. There's culinary mushrooms and there's medicinal mushrooms. Medicinal mushrooms, you got to process in a bit of, of a different way, but the culinary mushrooms are available everywhere and all of them provide slightly different benefits to the immune system. They have these carbohydrate-like molecules called polysaccharides, beta-glucan, that actually go in. It's like bringing in a really well-educated substitute teacher to the school or like a guest speaker, and they come in and they educate that immune system. So we're using shiitakes and maitakes and button mushrooms and cremini mushrooms and a whole variety of really whatever we can find. We talked about shiitake mushrooms in detail in our superfoods episode back in season one. One of the ways I've been really enjoying mushrooms, both shiitake and also oyster, king oyster mushrooms. You can do this with any mushroom, but I do a marinade of some tamari, some maple syrup, rice wine vinegar, a little bit of oil and garlic, and a little bit of ginger if you want a little kick to it. So you marinate the mushrooms in that and then do a slower pan fry Oh, they're so rich and delicious. We have them over some brown rice with a little sprinkle of scallions. Speaking of onions, let's talk about some antiviral foods. Onions and garlic. Onions and garlic. They're right there uh, as great antimicrobial foods. Garlic has actually been used as an antibiotic in wartime before, you know, things like penicillin were available. So it's a very strong antimicrobial and we can eat these on a regular basis. If you chop or crush any foods from these families, the garlic or onion family, it increases the potency. Let them sit there for about 10 minutes. And they're also super delicious. We've been making a really amazing pesto to go on pasta because we're having some trickiness getting fresh greens into our two and a half, almost three-year-old. So Josh has been making this pesto with kale, fresh garlic, Uh, nutritional yeast, a little bit of cashews going into it, some lemon juice, olive oil. We take this pesto and we toss some, toss it in some, well, we toss some noodles in it, some gluten-free brown rice noodles, or we do it as a dip or a spread. So that's a way to get in some raw garlic. Another raw garlic is in salad dressing. So some tahini, tamari, flax oil, garlic, lemon juice, or cider vinegar. That's one of our go-to favorite dressings. We put that on pretty much everything. I have to say you have a pretty good palate because you've never seen me make that recipe. You, I've never told you what's in it. 
And you just named every ingredient that I use in it. Maybe because I'm a culinary nutrition expert, Josh. Maybe. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just pointing out another one of your strengths. And... I love recipe creation. And I and when we eat food, I can taste different things than you can too. So maybe that's just... Like you can taste when it's really disgusting versus <laughs> me who doesn't. Yeah, I'm like, Josh, <laughs> you're eating rotten hummus. There's a, there's a, this is the best hummus I've ever had. <laughs> See, there's this balance between me and Megan. Megan's goes a little bit more for delicious over health, and I'll go a little bit more over health or towards health than delicious. So I'll sometimes sacrifice the really good tasting food item for a little bit more health. So microbiome supportive food. So Josh mentioned how 70% of the immune system is in the gut and we need to protect the balance of bacteria in the gut. So we want to look at fermented foods like sauerkraut, which is also a good vitamin C rich food. We want to look at things like a fermented coconut kefir. I have do fermented nut cheeses. We make pickles, all kinds of easy ferments you can make. I have actually a sauerkraut making video that has become quite popular with our son Finley also in it. Um, That's on my Facebook page. And then there's prebiotic foods. Those are the foods that promote the production of those good bacteria. Onions. Yeah, they feed them. They're They're the food for those bacteria. So onions really high, as you just mentioned, Jerusalem artichoke. Have we ever told our Jerusalem artichoke story in a podcast? I don't know if we have, but Let's tell that story. We were on our very first trip together. We'd been dating about a year and we bought Jerusalem artichokes at the market. I don't think we'd ever had them before. And I baked them like a tray of potatoes, like a big tray of roast vegetables. And Josh could not stop eating them. And if any of you have eaten a large amount of Jerusalem artichokes, sometimes called sunchokes, you probably know what happened next, which was it. I think we should leave it in our listeners' shoes and get them to to do this as an experiment. (laughs) I've never heard someone toot so loudly for such a long span. It was the volume and the length of time, like like on all parameters. Yeah. But um, you know, they there's songs sung about beans. Beans got nothing on Jerusalem artichokes. Anyway, uh, I don't think I've I think I've refused so to. So just have to ease in yeah, ease into them. Small <laughs> <Mix>. amounts. <Yeah. laughs> Even unripe bananas or plantains are really good. Uh you could use them sometimes as flours and muffins and, and breads and whatnot. And then but really, you know, the variety of food, fruits and vegetables. We we talked about the hack earlier on. If you're eating a lot of different colors, you're actually by default gonna get a lot of different prebiotics as well. And we want some nervous system supporting foods to help stabilize that blood sugar, keep that cortisol, that chronic stress response at bay. And these are going to be foods that are fatty, fat-rich, ghee, coconut oil, avocado oil, olive oil, nuts and seeds, fatty fish, the smaller fish. Those are going to support the nervous system. Oh, and avocados, olives, if I didn't say the actual fruit, as opposed to just the oil. And looking for protein-rich, fat-rich, fiber-rich meals are all going to help keep that blood sugar at bay and reduce that nervous system response, those feelings of anxiety that will create that chronic stress expression in the body. Those foods that Megan just mentioned too also help to keep inflammation at bay. Right. So they keep you in an anti-inflammatory state and therefore allow you to amount that really powerful response when you need to use it. So Josh, it kind of sounds like the whole body is connected. I guess you could say that, Megan. Everything we eat, 
think, breathe, do, say, create, engage with is part of building our health or depleting it. And so with in the context of the current circumstances of the world, it's never been more urgent and important to take on the responsibility of nourishing yourselves and your family the best way possible, the best ways you know how. And by listening to this episode, and you're probably listening to lots of other podcasts and experts, know that it doesn't need to be complicated, doesn't need to be difficult, but it is essential. And it does require that commitment and that understanding of how important it is that it does need to be a priority now and ongoing. And just to further that, Megan, I think a big thing that's been shown in the media is to do your part and stay home. Mm -hmm. But we want to expand the do your part because immunity starts with the individual. It expands to the society and then goes globally. So we need to start with ourselves. And when you are working on your own immune system, you actually are working on the immune system of the whole entire planet, if you can put your mind there. I like that. I really like that. Thank you. Thank you for those insights. Thank you guys for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode and got a few tips that you can get cracking on. This information and more so putting it into practice is more important, essential, and urgent than ever. Let it begin in your kitchen. What you do there will impact the rest of your life. And we have loads more resources for you over at culinarynutrition.com forward slash podcast. Just choose this episode. As we say around here, today is the day. Registration is open for the 2020 Culinary Nutrition Expert Program. And we have an entire module dedicated to therapeutic foods, which Josh and I teach together. These are the super immune supporters. Join us in leading this conversation. There is no better time to acquire the knowledge that will empower you to know how to best nourish your family and potentially guide people in a professional setting. The guided and supported start to finish 14 week curriculum has you graduating mid-December. It's time to leap. Learn more at culinarynutrition.com forward slash program. This is your time. Knowledge is important, but applying it is where the power is. As I always say, the best way to get started is to get started. Take what you've learned and start applying it in your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share it with your friends. Remember, immunity is about immunity of the society and the world. We look forward to connecting with you again sometime soon. Have a great day.